May God speak to you through today's message from Senior Pastor Mike McGowan. Thank you so much. I really appreciate that. Um, my name is Mike McGowan, and I'm the pastor here at Parkway Fellowship. And um, if you're a member or regular attender here, uh, let me just say, it feels so good to be back. It really does. I, I, I yeah. I got to be honest with you. I have missed you, and I have missed this place. It is, it is so. It is great to be back. Now, if you're a first time guest today. Um, I'm actually the senior pastor here at this church, and uh, I've been gone on a three-month sabbatical, and this is my first Sunday back, so you picked a great day to come. (laughs) And if you started coming to Parkway Fellowship after I left, I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, he's a lot shorter than I expected, so... Now, let me explain what a sabbatical is, because I do think there's some confusion. In fact, uh, one of our members told me, he said he was in the hallway and overheard two elementary school girls talking, and uh, one was a member and one was a visitor, and the little girl that was a member um, turned to her friend and said, yeah, our senior pastor's not here today, he's on probation. (laughs) Like, no, 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 not probation. It's a sabbatical, okay? And a sabbatical, simply put, is just, it's it's a time away to do some things that you can't normally do because of, you know, week-to-week responsibilities. Now, it it is a time to rest and relax, but it's also a time to do some things that you can't normally do. You know, for instance, on my sabbatical, um, I visited 11 different churches uh, some local, some very far away, like Florida and Seattle, um, and I went there to learn from some of their best practices, because I can't do that normally because I'm here on Sundays. So that's really what a sabbatical is. In fact, on one of my trips, I was visiting a great church in Tampa, Florida, and just south of Tampa is one of the best places in the world to go tarpon fishing. And I've always wanted to go tarpon fishing, so this is a chance for me to cross something off the bucket list, and so I booked with a guide and I went. And if you've never been tarpon fishing, it's awesome. <laughs> These fish are huge. I mean, they're anywhere between three and six feet long, between 60 and 180 pounds, and it is some of the most exciting fishing that you'll ever do. And when you go tarpon fishing, these tarpon, they get in these really big schools, and when they come to the surface, they start rolling and jumping and flicking their tails and flopping around on the surface, so it looks like the water is boiling with these humongous fish, and what you do is you cast out just to the side of one of these schools of rolling tarpon, and you know, like normally when you fish, you know, you have your hook in the water, you're like, you have no idea if there's even any fish down there, but when you're tarpon fishing, like you know, man, you're like, oh, like you could get slammed any second now. So, I mean, it's like super tense and exciting. Well, sure enough, my guide, uh, oh, in fact, let me show you a picture. Here's a picture of one of the fish I caught later that afternoon. Like, it was totally awesome. It was, yeah, it was great. Well, 
our, our, my guide, he, in that morning, he got, he got me like within 30 yards of one of these rolling schools of fish. And so, sure enough, casted right out there, right beside the school, and literally 20, maybe 30 seconds later, I mean, that line just started peeling off my reel. I mean, I was in for a fight, man. It was awesome. And that fish, two times, that fish jumped straight out of the water about six feet in the air. I mean, it was, it was awesome. Well, 35 minutes later, I have this fish up to the boat, and the guide is reaching over the side, and he's going to unhook this fish so that I can come over, and I can reach over and hold it, you know, take a picture, and, you know, then we just let the fish go. Well, he, as he's reaching over the side of the boat to unhook this fish, it's at that moment that a nine-foot bull shark attacks. Yeah, so this tarpon sees the shark and starts freaking out. The guy looks up, sees the shark, yanks the leader, and pulls his hand away just in time as the shark opens its mouth and that tarpon jets away. And the guide was like, did you just see that? Did you just see that? That was a nine-foot bull shark. And while we were both kind of freaking out, realizing that he was just seconds away from having to change his name to Lefty, Literally 20 seconds later, maybe 20 yards from the boat, we heard, you know, splash, 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 and we both look over just in time to see three bull sharks ambush this tarpon, and three bites later, this fish was gone. Head, tail, there weren't even scales in the water, just a lot of blood. And I looked at him, and he looked at me, I'm like, you ever seen anything like that before? And he goes, and he, he goes, he goes, not like that. <laughs> and then he, then, he, then, he said, then he said, if we had a video of all this, we'd have 10 million hits on YouTube by the end of the week. <laughs> and, you know, and I've thought a lot about that experience, you know, through the summer. You know, and it's one of those times when I knew that the Lord wanted to tell me something through it, but I didn't know what. But now I know. Because one of the things that I was praying about on my sabbatical is, does the Lord want Parkway Fellowship to become a multi-site church? In fact, all of the churches that I went to visit are all multi-site churches. And if that's a path that the Lord wants us on, you know, what is that going to look like for Parkway Fellowship? Um, and so the Lord showed me that the path he has for us as a church is going to be exciting and fun and thrilling and memorable, just like tarpon fishing. But the devil is waiting to ambush and attack us. And that danger is very real. And while all the churches that I, was, that I visited that are doing multi-site, all of them are doing it with the right attitude, the truth is there are some churches that, not, that are not. Some churches are doing it to build a name for themselves. There are some pastors that are doing it to build a name for themselves. Honestly, it's just one of the inherent dangers of multi-site. But here's the irony. When churches and pastors get their eyes off of the one who is great, they cease to become great. Let me say it again. When churches and pastors get their eyes off the one off of the one who is great they cease to become great
And if we at Parkway Fellowship, both members and staff, if we begin to think that we're the ones that are great, then the truth is that Parkway Fellowship will just become another church going through the motions. And there will be no excitement here, no life change here, no um, spiritual movement here. Because we will have gotten our eyes off the one who is great, and we would cease to become great. Because we cannot get our eyes off of Jesus Christ. So, in fact, let me show you a passage of Scripture where the Lord confirmed all of this to me. And I, I think as we read it, I think it will become even clearer to you too. Um, so go ahead and pull out your message notes if you haven't done so already. I want you to look at this passage of Scripture with me. It's in John chapter 3. And in this passage, John the Baptist is approached by some of his followers. And his followers are very upset. So let's read about why they're upset and then what John says to them. Uh, beginning in verse 26. They came to John and said to him, Rabbi... That man who was with you on the other side of the Jordan, the one you testified about, well, he's baptizing, and everyone is going to him. Now, let me pause right there. The man they're talking about is Jesus Christ. And, you know, what these guys are doing, they are basically, they are very concerned that everyone is now following Jesus And they've stopped following John. So what they're trying to do is they're trying to bait John to get into a competition with Jesus for followers. Look what John says. Verse 27. To this John replied, a man can receive only what is given to him from heaven. You yourselves can testify that I said, I'm not the Christ, but I am sent ahead of him. The bride belongs to the bridegroom. Now, bridegroom is just another word for groom. We just don't use this term anymore. So just, it just means groom. The friend who attends the bridegroom waits and listens for him and is full of joy when he hears the bridegroom's joy, voice. That joy is mine and it is now complete. He must become greater. I must become less. I want you to underline all of verse 30. He must become greater. I must become less. And my friends, that one directive is the key to escaping any ambush or attack that the devil has planned. In fact, let's all repeat verse 30 out loud together. Ready? Go. He must become greater. I must become less. So from this passage, there are two key responses when we're tempted to promote self. Here's the first. It's your first fill-in. Promote Christ over myself every chance I get. I need to promote Christ over myself at every chance I get. You know, bottom line, at every turn, we're to promote Christ. Not ourselves, not our church, not our programming, not our music, not our preaching, not our facilities, not anything. And honestly, I see that temptation a lot among pastors. I mean, they're tempted to, you know, put their name in prominent places. Or they're tempted to brag about how many people are coming to their church, or how many services they preach at, or how many multi-site places they have where they're on video venue. They're tempted to do that kind of thing a lot. Because they have made a subtle shift from focusing on Christ to focusing on self. And we can't fall prey to that temptation. I can't fall prey to that temptation. While I was on sabbatical, after I finished visiting pretty much all the key churches that I really wanted to visit, 
the Lord brought me to this very passage in John chapter 3 uh, during my, just my regular reading, my daily time alone with God. And it was through this passage, especially verse 30, that, he, that God reminded me of the very thing he told me when we started Parkway Fellowship 10 years ago. And God reminded me because this is what he said originally. He said, and he repeated it to me again, he said, there is no limit to what I will accomplish through this church if you remain humble. In other words, he must become greater and I must become less. And this verse doesn't apply just to me. It applies to you too. Because this verse doesn't just change every facet of church. It changes every facet of the way life functions. Let me give you some examples. Men, what if you decided to promote Christ over yourself every chance you got? What would that mean for you? What would that look like in your life? Well, first, it would look like the fact that no matter how tired you are, you would be here in church every Sunday. That even if the Texans have a noon kickoff, you would be here at church every Sunday. Now, thank goodness we have a 9 o'clock service. It's over at 10. You can be home. (laughs) Many of you have discovered this already. That's why you're here. But think about it. It also means that you would make sure that you would have your kids involved here at Parkway Fellowship, that you would be involved serving somewhere here at Parkway Fellowship, that you would be involved in a small group. If you were to promote Christ over yourself, it means that you would not put your family in financial jeopardy by spending money on things that you really don't have the money to pay for. It means that you would honor Christ in your marriage by talking about Jesus and what he's doing in your life and what he's showing you. You would talk about that with your family. You would talk about that with your wife. You talk about that with your kids. It means that you would honor Christ in your career by making sure that you take the high road in all of your business dealings, even if it might cost you a sale. It means at work that you are above reproach in dealing with members of the opposite sex because you honor Christ when you honor your wife. Think about how much better your marriage would be. Bottom line, in every facet, he must become greater. And I must become less. Ladies, what about you? What about in the way you talk to your husband? Do you honor Christ in such a way in how you talk to him that if Jesus were standing right there, that he would be pleased? Or how you talk about your husband to your friends. Is it honoring to Christ because you honor the marriage that God has given you? What about in the way that you uh, feed your family? Do you honor Christ by feeding your family healthy choices? or just convenient choices? What about honoring Christ by making sure that your kids aren't so overcommitted that they can be involved in activities that will help them grow closer to Jesus? Bottom line, in every facet, he must become greater, and I must become less. Teenagers, what about you? Would you be willing to honor Christ 
by rejecting an attitude of entitlement. And what I mean by that is this, is that you stop acting and responding and asking for and expecting things and own things and to have things and to go first like you're entitled to them all. You just stop that entire attitude that you would, that you would allow your little brother or sister to go first. I know, I have a little brother. That when you want something from your parents, that, when you, that you ask them and you don't demand from them. And that when the answer is no, you just accept it. Because you're not entitled. And you're not doing all that just to be nice. I mean, anybody can do it to be nice. You're doing it all to honor Christ. Because bottom line, in every facet, he must become greater. And I must become less. In fact, let's all say that out loud together. Ready? Go. He must become greater. I must become less. So let me ask you. Would you be willing to make a commitment to make Christ greater in all things and yourself less? I want you to think about a specific area of your life, a specific area of your life where you know you need to make him greater and yourself less. Think about that right now. What area of life is that? Are you willing to make that commitment right now and follow through with it? This passage teaches us a second very important lesson, and that is this. <clears throat> Number two, refuse to tear down anyone who serves Jesus. Refuse to tear down anyone who serves Jesus. You know, honestly, one of the most embarrassing things I experience as a pastor is when I hear other pastors talking negatively about other pastors and other churches. You know, they say things like, you know, well, that church is just not very deep. You know, they just focus on entertainment, not on Jesus. Well, you know, if we had facilities like they have, we'd be a bigger church too. You know, their pastor's not willing to talk about the hard issues like I am. I mean, honestly, it's just embarrassing. And if you've ever heard pastors talk negatively about other churches or other pastors, and that has turned you off towards Jesus or towards church, let, let me just apologize for that. On behalf of of people who should know better. Let me just apologize. And I am sorry that they have said those types of things. And honestly, most of that comes from a place of insecurity or self-righteousness. And oftentimes it comes from pastors of smaller churches criticizing larger churches because they're unwilling to really take a hard look at themselves. So let me just apologize on their behalf. Because in this passage that we read in John 3, remember, John the Baptist He's got the perfect chance to talk negatively about Jesus. Because since John is losing followers, I mean, he could have easily criticized Jesus. He could have easily said something like, well, yeah, I mean, if I was the son of God, I'd have a lot of followers too. Oh, yeah, sure. Heal a few people who have never walked and raise somebody to life. Sure, yeah, you'll gain a lot of followers. Oh, I cannot believe that Jesus is one to pay, play the miracle card in order to get people to follow him. 
I mean, really? I mean, look, John never lowered himself to talk negatively about Jesus. So don't ever lower yourself to talk negatively or speak negatively about anyone or any organization that serves Jesus. Look, they're doing their level-headed best to do what God has called them to do. And they might not be doing it the way that you would do it, but so what? It doesn't matter. You know, they're accountable to God for what they're doing. You're not. You're accountable to God for your life and your actions. And honestly, God can use anyone to accomplish anything. And it is not your appointed place to tear down anyone who is serving him. And it's not mine either. Now, on the flip side, I do think it's okay to be able to tell friends and family or coworkers say, oh my goodness, I have found the coolest church. You have got to come and experience it for yourself. I think, honestly, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. But don't ever let it deteriorate to, you know, well, our church is better than that church because, you know, blah, 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 blah. That is when it crosses the line. Because, look, we're all on the same team, right? We serve one Lord, one king, with one enemy, building one kingdom with one goal, to reach the world. That's what it's about. So would you be willing to make a commitment to not openly criticize anyone, any church, any ministry, or any pastor? I mean, look, they're doing the best they can, but nobody's perfect. So don't tear them down. There is already enough of that in the world already. We don't need any more. You know, and there's one key thing that I was reminded of in my sabbatical, and it's this, is that there are tens of thousands of people in our area who are not yet Christ followers. And if they die before they become a Christ follower, they will not go to heaven. They will spend an eternity separated from God. And so we need to reach as many as we can, as fast as we can. You know, because bottom line, we need to reach the lost at any cost and grow them to maturity. We don't need to waste our time or our energy promoting ourselves or criticizing others. We simply don't have time for that because bottom line, he must become greater and I must become less. We must become less. And before I wrap up, let me just pause and ask you, <clears throat> have you ever made that choice to become a Christ follower? Have you ever asked Jesus Christ to come into your life to forgive you for everything that you've ever done and place to follow him from this day forward? If you haven't, at the bottom of your message notes on the back, there is a sample prayer for how to become a Christ follower. I'm going to give you a chance to pray that prayer in just a few moments, but if you've never prayed that prayer, would you pray it today? Because look, you don't get to heaven by being good. You get to heaven by being forgiven. Honestly, I wish I had time to, today to tell you more of what the Lord showed me about my, in my sabbatical, but I don't. So let me just wrap it up by saying this. Would you be willing to make a commitment to live in such a way that he must become greater and I would become less? Because look, if you and I, if all of us in this room, everyone listening to this on the internet, if all of us would adopt that kind of attitude with our life and make him greater and ourselves less... I promise you, God's words are true, that there is nothing 
that he could not accomplish. There is no limit to what he could accomplish through this church and through you if we would remain humble. So let's all repeat it out loud one more time together, okay? Let's repeat this. He must become greater, I must become less. One more time. He must become greater, I must become less. I want everybody, if you would, go ahead and pull out your connection card. I want you to hold it right next to your message notes. On, on the card and on the notes, I want you to check the next step or steps that you're willing to take today. Maybe it's this first next step. I will memorize John 3.30. He must become greater, I must become less. I've done my best to help you this morning, okay? So you already have a head start. Would you, mind, would you please check that box? I, honestly, I really hope it does. Because I hope this one verse, one verse changes our church forever. Next, I commit to take one specific area of my life and live out. He must become greater. I must become less. Would you check that box? Next one. I commit to never tear down anyone or any church or ministry that serves Jesus. Would you make that commitment? But this next one. I will pray for the staff of Parkway Fellowship every day this week to have wisdom to make Christ greater and themselves less. Would you pray for us? Please pray for us. Every day this week, would you make that commitment? Seven days. How about this next one? I want to become a Christ follower for the first time in my life. I'm going to give you a chance to pray that prayer in just a second. But if you've never prayed it and you know you're going to pray it here, then check that box. Because I want to mail you some free stuff in the mail that will help you get started. I also want you to pick up a new believer packet. There's one on a little table just before you walk outside of each of these doors. Just snag one on your way out. Or this last one. I will come again next week to hear the start of the Working It Out message series. Next week, I'm going to start a brand new series called Working It Out. It's all about how do you honor Christ in the workplace. In workplaces that seem so hostile to Christ, that seem to have so many rules about what you can and cannot do and say, how can I honor Christ at my work? It's going to be awesome. Now, here's what I want us to do. I want to give you a few moments to do some business with God. I want to give you a chance to pray to God and ask him to change your life by helping you follow through with whatever next step you have taken this morning. Because look, we've got enough people in this world that make commitments to Jesus they never follow through with. We don't want to be that kind of people. So I'm going to give you a few moments to pray and you commit yourself and ask God to change your life and with these next steps. And if you're willing to pray that prayer to become a Christ follower, this is your chance to pray it. So I want everybody to bow your head and just pray silently right now to God and do business with him during these next moments. Father, I thank you that it has always been your desire that in our lives we would make you greater and think of ourselves less. Because the truth is, God, you are great, and you're the only one worthy to be honored and glorified, and you're the only one worthy of giving our lives to. So I ask that you would help us do that as individuals, 
And I also ask that you would help us to do that collectively as a church. Because you have great and exciting things in our future. And I ask that we would remain humble at all times in all things. Because there is no limit to what you would accomplish in us and through us if we would remain humble. So help us to do that for your glory, Father. Thank you for today. And ask you to bring us all back safely next week. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this message. For more information about Parkway Fellowship, find us online at parkwayfellowship.com or facebook.com slash parkwayfellowship. You can also download our mobile app for access to the most recent messages, video content, and much more. It is available both in the Apple App Store and Android's Google Play.